You guys ready to worship the Lord tonight? Come on, let's stand our feet and let's give the Lord some praise. He's worthy. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Lord, you're worthy. Back to the start where you found me. I'm coming back to your heart. Now I surrender. Take me. This is all I can bring. Oh Lord. some praise. How many happy to be in God's house tonight? We don't have to be in God's house. We get to be. Amen. We get to worship and love on God with God's people. What an honor and what a privilege to be here with you tonight and love on Jesus. He's so worthy. And we, as we continue to worship tonight, hey, let's look, let our heart and our, 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 our worship just extend to the heavens and love on Him with all our heart, all our mind, and our strength because He's worthy. Amen. 
time we say, Lord, cause you are the only key forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever. Forevermore, you are victorious. Yes, amen. We bless you, Jesus. We bless your name, oh God. So good to us, God. Oh Lord, and you are good, you are good. When there's nothing good in me, you are love, you are love. On display for all to see, you are light, you are light. When the darkness closes in.
presence of the Lord, isn't it? If nothing else tonight, take that time just to close your eyes. I mean, if you want to lift your hands, you want to sit, you just some way where you're just saying, God, I want to feel your presence. I mean, we can feel and understand his love, it says in the word of God. Uh, we got a guest speaker today. We're going to have ministry at the end of the service, but I just felt like God wanted to kind of quicken us and remind a couple people here. Uh, just He led me to the book of Joel today, and it talks about restoration. And there's some people God wants to restore some things the enemy has taken from you. I mean, you know, it talks about, you know, the, the locusts and the swarming locusts, how they just came. But the enemy is coming, taking things in relationships and finances, whatever it may be. And God wants to just to remind you. But that chapter several times, just like uh, Pastor Linnell last week had mentioned uh, in the book of Joshua, fear not. And God wants to tell us that today. Fear not. Whatever you need, if you need some wisdom, if you're worried about something, fear not. I mean, God has the answer for you, and I believe today in the message is going to speak to you. But during this worship, let's just really take an opportunity here and really believe for God to bring some courage to us, amen? And bring that feeling that I can trust my daddy. He's going to take care of the situation, amen? Well, let's worship him. Lord, oh Lord, 
pray that you would light a fire, God, a passion, Lord, that we won't become complacent, Lord, in the stagnant water, God, but, Lord, we'll burn with holy and reverent fire, God, just a passion, Lord, in our heart, God. Lord, set us a fire and let us burn for you, Jesus. Lord, let us burn for you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Come on, somebody in this place begin to tell him, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. You, Jesus. Oh, we welcome your presence here. Come on, somebody help me welcome him in this place tonight. Come on, become a worship leader with me tonight and begin to love on him. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We welcome your presence here, oh God. Come, Jesus. Oh, come, Jesus. Lord, we want to be like Moses as he declared to you, Lord, if you don't go, I won't go. I want your presence with me, Lord. I want your presence with me, Lord. I want your presence with me, Lord. And I don't want to sing another song. Just to hear myself sing. Want to bring it more than into words. Oh, Father, you mean so much more to me. And I won't let the rocks cry out. They won't praise you more than me. Cause if it doesn't touch your heart, oh God, I don't want to sing. Oh, if your presence isn't with me. I won't move unless you move me. 
that's your heart, give him some praise and worship in this house tonight. Lord, we bless you, Jesus. You're so worthy, Lord. He is, amen. Why don't you turn around to two or three people and greet them in the house of the Lord tonight? Because I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. It's all I want to be. It's all I want to be. We're so glad you're with us today. In the chair back in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of opportunities to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreaches. If you're a first-time guest, fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you, drop it in the offering, or you can bring it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag. Don't forget about our Saturday night meal and snacks between services on Sunday mornings in the Connect Cafe. Our coffee bar is always open. so glad that you're here and we hope that you know that there's always a place for you at Church on the Rock. A night of refreshing this Wednesday night. There will be no classes or small groups. There will be prayer at 6.30 and everyone will be in the main service that will start at 7 p.m. There will be extended worship and ministry time, so come soak in the presence of God and be refreshed. So you have old furniture. You bring that furniture to our warehouse. We find a local family in need and bring it to their home. It's that simple. Furnished by faith. If you're interested in knowing more or volunteering for this brand new ministry, there will be a meeting with refreshments upstairs in Kids Zone on Sunday morning, May 3rd at 1015. Amen, amen. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. We got a couple people that are excited. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Okay. Hey, we're, we're super excited that you're here tonight. Uh, it's awesome, man, when everybody individually spends time with God and then we come together in a corporate setting and we worship together, man. You can you can feel the presence of the Lord in here. So we, we appreciate you worshiping with us. Uh, but tonight we want to take another moment out of service just to stand in the gap and pray for our senior pastor, Pastor John. Man, he's been here for 25 years. The past few weeks, uh, he's been out on a sabbatical. We're rewarding him, congratulating, celebrating you know, what he's done here at Church on the Rock. But one thing that, you know, maybe we haven't thought about is, you know, whenever our church is doing a powerful thing in the community, whenever it's doing a powerful thing in this nation and around the world, know that the enemy wants to ruin that. And if the enemy wants to ruin that, man, he wants to strike our shepherd. And I want to encourage every single person that's, man, that's in the room tonight. So not only now, you know, stand in the gap for Pastor John, but every day, man, bless your pastor. Stand in the gap for him and pray for him because uh, not only for him, but, man, we want our church to continue to grow, to thrive, and do awesome things in this community. How many people believe that? So, hey, if you, if you want to be a part of that, we want to encourage you to continue to pray. Um, but real quick, even right now, as I pray, I want you to pray with me. And let's 
just sent in the gap for Pastor John and, uh, and his family. Amen. So, Lord, we do lift you up. We lift up Pastor John to you. God, we thank you for his life. We thank you, uh, God, that he's been here for 25 years. Lord, we pray for just a refreshing, a, res- a restoration. We pray for fresh vision. Lord, we pray that you would bless him, Lord, uh, financially, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. God, we pray that right now that everything that he does and he puts his hand to would be blessed, him and his family. And God, we know that you have a plan for him, you have a plan for this church, and you have a plan for every person in this room. Lord, we love you and we thank you for that plan. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Y'all make some noise for Pastor Mike. Amen, amen. Uh, Let's make some noise for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, uh, this morning we had a men's ministry, a powerful time. Uh, I took the extra time to take the camera and get some pictures to kind of share it with you. Use my little remote here and it'll be on the back screen. This first slide is uh, all the 70-some men in our Connect Cafe and the breakfast. And Ron, you're speaking there up in the right-hand corner. And great picture there. And, and this one is uh, out there in our archery tournament. We had an archery tournament. And Nisa and her family came out and set it up for us. And I think we got one more here. And these are our winners of the archery. Kevin and Randy won the trophies for the archery and gift certificates. And uh, I would like to thank, and Nick even took some pictures for us. Didn't you, Nick? (laughs) And I'd like to thank the staff person who took the SD card out of the camera. And I know it's not my wife. That's why I'm married 34 years as of today. So I know it's not my wife. But uh, I thought I was so proud of myself taking pictures. And I go to pull the card out and it's not there. So anyhow. We really did have a great men's ministry. Ron, appreciate a great word, just how to be a mighty man of God, and and uh, it was a good time. A lot of men I haven't seen before, so it was really a, a good time. We're continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings, and you know, an offering is a time to worship the Lord, and sometimes it looks like a little thing we kind of set off to the side, but, and I know some people, you ever hear once in a while, some all oh, churches, all they do is talk about money. Well, you know, we do talk about it every week because it's an important part of our life, and we want you to be blessed, and God has a way to bless us, but uh, I'll ask you one question. Maybe you heard this before. Have you ever driven by and see an atheist hospital? I've never seen one in atheist hospital. I see Baptist hospitals, Catholic hospitals, Methodist hospitals, and how did they end up being there is because people like you and me gave money to help build those places. Now, there's no plans on a Church on the Rock hospital, and I doubt if we're ever going to drive by and see the Church on the Rock hospital as of now, even though I wouldn't doubt we'd probably have some overseas in some places, and uh, and that's a possibility. But you know, every time you do give, you help building something. Uh, we sent $20,000, as you heard, to Haiti to help an emergency situation to build a retaining wall. Uh, told by one of our accountants that almost over a thousand dollars a day goes out from this church to missions and outreach and whether sidewalk Sunday school in town or overseas so and that's because you give and let's just give Jesus a hand clap for that amen how many really want to have a blessed life I mean God wants you to have a blessed life matter of fact we're gonna start a series here real soon called the blessed life and we're gonna kind of mix it up with Larry Myers a missionary coming in and something special for Mother's Day but I'm telling you I would look forward to this and really be a part of it because God wants to teach you how to be blessed Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give, the opportunity to worship you, the opportunity to say we trust you, God, in our finances. And so, Father, I pray for people today that maybe um, just fearful this week how they're going to make ends meet, Lord, and they can trust you. If we'll just trust you with that, with our finances, God, we can trust you that you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Bless each person here today in Jesus' name. Amen.
tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And I preach your affections out for me And oh, how he loves us so you give him a hand clap amen hallelujah hallelujah you may have a seat if you're here a couple weeks ago you already met ron hammond's powerful ministry but his wife brenda's here with you if you just two stand up for a minute and ron just come on up and have to give your wife a hug there and and uh i know she's praying for you amen but kind of from the beaumont area houston area traveling all over the world we have the opportunity to be here today and one of the main reasons is He's one of the leaders in, in Church on the Rock and all the churches involved there and the ministry going on with Church on the Rock all over the nations, and uh, but a good friend of Pastor John and somebody that helps keep him covered and a good friend of our church, one of the people that Pastor John would have come in for counsel, and he spent some time with our staff the last couple days, just some leadership training, and we just had a wonderful time being sharp, and so I want you just to welcome uh, Pastor Ron and just, uh, I'm telling you, he'll uh, stir you, he'll... We'll just let God do what he wants to do. Amen. I'd just <laughs> Thank get you. out of your way Thank and let you, you so go much, for Pastor it. Mike. I love you, bud. Appreciate your hospitality. Well, y'all give Pastor Mike a hand. Isn't he doing wonderful? He and the whole staff, they have, they have been doing very well. It's a real testimony to your pastor, Pastor John Miller, Linnell, and also to you as a church that the strength of this church is very evident uh, while your pastor is uh, uh, doing some R&R, which is necessary uh, from time to time. Uh, just even God took a day of rest, you know, and, and, and he's God and, 
And he took one every seven days. Sometimes I think that we don't do that enough to take a full day of rest. We kind of take a day of, uh, sometimes we take a day of play. We change our work or change our activity, but uh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so very, very much. And it's good to see so many of you, some of you haven't seen in a number of years. And uh, I love you guys. Pastor Fred, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, man? Oh, we've been around a long time. Forrest, we've been around a long time, haven't we? Wow. I was just thinking, walking into the building tonight from, from uh, down a little sidewalk, uh, um, when this building was dedicated, uh, uh, I was here with my family. We came to share in the dedication service, and, and uh, uh, I was over on, on 8th Street with, with uh, the pastor of the church in his office whenever he signed uh, to, to purchase this property. Wow. Jimmy, we've been here a while, haven't we? Huh? Me and Jimmy Ware owned an airplane together. Can you believe me and Jimmy Ware used to fly airplanes around your city? My goodness. <laughs> but uh, we were walking in, uh, building dedication. Everything was so pretty and nice. And when church was over, we, we went out. And as we were walking out, and uh, there used to be a chain out there in the flower bed. It was kind of a little chained off. And our, our son took off running. And I, just about the time I said, don't, 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 he tried to jump that chain, tripped and broke his tooth off. Yeah, I got memories here. <laughs> uh, God is good. You know, uh, that son who, my goodness, he was, he was uh, such a tiny little fella, such a young boy. Now he's 36 years old and he's preaching for me while I'm gone. You know, uh, uh, he's, he's turned out to be okay, even with a broke tooth. He's turned out to do okay. They, they do grow up, you know, and you can just uh, put them in the hand of the Lord. Uh, we all get older. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit older. Is it actually your, your, uh, your anniversary today? Whoa, my goodness. Happy anniversary. Y'all give uh, them a hand clap. Where's, where's, your, where's your wife at? She's out running. Left you for a few minutes. It happens. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations. God bless you. Thank you so very much. You know, um, each one of our, our services and each one of our broadcasts, I always open up with God's got a plan for your life. I don't know why. It's just my default. It's where I default to. God's got a plan for your life. I think whenever I realize that, 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 that you know, I've got the microphone in its own, I, I kind of jump to something to say, and it just seems the real go-to that God has a plan. And so uh, each one of our services and our broadcasts, when they, when they uh, bring it to me uh, live, I go, you know, you're going to hear it again. God's got a plan. Well, uh, this past week, I, I was unable to be at, uh, at, at our church, and, and my son, he was uh, ministering for us, and, and uh, he, when, when it opened up, uh, he, he said, wait. I've got a word from God. God has a plan for your life. And then he made fun of me for about 10 minutes and all the things that I say over and over. He said, wait, I'm hearing from God again. Make a living, make a life, make a difference. Let's see. I'm, you know, and he kept on and uh, uh, I'll get him back. But I'm here tonight to tell you <laughs> in the redundancy of the ministry God has given me, you know, all I do is read it and repeat it. It's just, it's, it's, it's not rocket scientists. In fact, uh, science, uh, in, in fact, scriptures say that through the foolishness of preaching, you know, men would get saved, would be, would, that they would find their way, they would be whole, they would be connected to God, they would find, you know, what God has for their life through the foolishness of preaching. Can you imagine that? Uh, God himself is calling what I'm doing tonight foolishness, uh, but yet he has decided that 
through it, he would release power into men and women's lives, into boys and girls' moments, and he would save souls, and he would, he would, uh, he, he would give guidance and wisdom and, and give you the next step for your life. Do you know that there's always something you can do to please God? And tonight, wouldn't you know it, tonight I'm going to talk about having a plan, the power of a plan. Wow. And in the morning, if the Lord tarries and leaves me here on planet earth and doesn't interrupt me in some way with something that he had uh, rather me say in the morning, I'm going to be sharing in the first service, the power of prayer. And then in the second service, the power of persistence. So now you don't have to come, you know it all. Uh, but uh, I'm actually telling one story tonight. I'll get to tell a third of it and tomorrow the second uh, one third and then the third third of it. And hopefully you can have a, a picture of realizing that we who teach the word of God and you who reflect the word of God. We not only carry it around in our mouths and in our hearts, but our lives uh, are a testimony to the word of God. And let me tell you for certain and for sure, God has a plan and he will succeed. And he gives us a chance, chance day after day after day to participate. And you cannot, um, you know, you'll not be able to escape fulfilling a part of God's plan for God. You're going to work for God. I mean, even if your name is Judas, you're going to work for God. God has a plan. He's that detailed. And well, let's just pray that we don't fall on that side of history, but rather that we yield our lives to him because God is going to use us as an instrument to fulfill his will. He is dedicated to his plan. It's good also for us to have a plan. Tonight, the reflection of God having a plan should uh, bear upon us in some way so that we would realize that we're supposed to have a plan as well. That's one of the things that God has blessed me with uh, is, is, is some uh, foresight, looking farther down the road, looking a little bit farther. In fact, in 1967, I was living out in Sims, Texas. It, it was the summer uh, between my uh, uh, um, sixth and seventh grade year in 1967. In July of 1967, I got born again. I mean, I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior, and boom, something changed. 1967 was kind of an important year anyway, you know. I mean, it was the year of the Six-Day War. You know, Israel is like the timepiece for the church anyway. When something major always happens in Israel, something major happens in the church and God just, you know, it, it, it just runs synonymous. It's an amazing thing I've seen through the years and throughout history. And so, uh, you know, in 67, I got born again. It was the same year my brother was called to preach. I mean, things happened and, you know, and it, it just was amazing. And so uh, something changed, you know, now not everything in my life changed. I didn't become perfect overnight. And, and uh, in fact, it took a lot of nights, uh, but something inside of here changed. I was born again in one minute. Uh, I was on my way to hell simply because I, I had been born into sin and I had come to the age of accountability and I had not chosen the right way. And in the next instant, something happened that cleansed my soul from the eternal damnation of, the, of, of sin. And I was released from its damning power. And all of a sudden, uh, something I could tell something changed. And life just, I, I don't know, it got a little brighter. I mean, I didn't get any richer or anything, you know. I was still, you know, living... Uh, you know, in a, in a house without running water, I was still having to draw water and we took baths in a number three wash tub. I was still having to go outside to go to the bathroom. You know, I mean, I was, I, you know, uh, we, we, we had just gotten some electricity in our house. So I was happy about that. And, uh, you know, but, uh, but, you know, my, my dad was still an alcoholic. My mom was still on Valium and, and I'm, I was still, you know, one of those little boys lived down a dirt road. It was dirty all the time and couldn't spell and <laughs> still can't spell. But other than that, <laughs> 
uh, I was born again. Man, I, something in here happened. Something happened to this little boy. And so, first day of school, September 1967, I went to, to, to junior high. First day of school, early in the morning, sitting in my homeroom, the very first day, it came time for, for the person who was working for the, in the office, that student that works in the office that goes around and picks up attendance slips. I don't know if they do that today or not, but they did that in my day. They'd go in, open the door, and take the attendance slip. And that door opened up in my homeroom in the first few minutes of school on my seventh grade year. And when the door opened up, a girl looked in and took the slip, and I fell in love. I'd never seen this girl before. She was a new girl in our school. She had moved from the city. She was from New Boston. <laughs> and they had moved out there and the family had and, and she was a new girl and, and her first period was office practice. And so she was in the eighth grade. I was in the seventh grade. She was, you know, a year older than I was. And so, uh, whoo, whoo, she was pretty. Like I, I fell head over heels in love. And uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't the last time I fell in love at first sight, by the way. Okay? I've fallen in love at first sight several times. You know, I, I know you may not like to hear that, but it's a reality. First time I saw uh, my, my, my daughter when she was born, I fell in love with her. Whew, can't explain it. First time I saw my son when he was born, every one of my, I got nine grandchildren, every one of my nine grandchildren, every time, for, whew, <laughs> oh, whoo. <sighs> It's happened with a steak or time or two, but, uh, you know, um, uh, <laughs> I fell in love with this girl. And so all I could think about was finding out who she was and if she would go with me. And so when lunchtime came, everybody had to go to the lunchroom. My Aunt Margaret ran the lunchroom, and uh, I ran to the lunchroom. I ran first. You know, seventh and eighth graders eat at the same time. And, well, I ran. I was first in the lunchroom, and I let everybody up, you know, you know all 20 something people in my class and, you know, and uh, let every, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, everybody up. And you know, eighth graders, go ahead, go ahead. And when that girl walked by, I said, go ahead. And she stepped and I stepped right in behind her. And she was about four or five inches taller than me and a uh, whole lot prettier than I was and probably smelled a lot better too. <laughs> I said, Hey, I'm Ronnie Hammonds. And she said, Hello. You know, she didn't want to talk to me. She was talking to friends and talking to other people. And I said, hey, listen, how about going steady with me? She said, what? I said, well, how about a date? How about being my girlfriend? You know, let's go out. I'm going out. I, I had a tractor. You know, I, I literally, I drove the tractor to school. That's no joke. She didn't want anything to do with me. And I just bugged her and bugged her and bugged her. And I said, listen, I want you to be my girlfriend. And she said, no. I said, why? She said, because I have a boyfriend. I said, oh, are you going steady? She said, yep. I said, well, who are you going steady with? And she gave me his name. Well, I knew he was like a, a junior. Sophomore, junior. I think he was a junior. I said, oh, I know him. I got to thinking. 
still in that line. Coming up where I'm gonna have to give my nickel for the milk pretty soon. I needed to know what I was gonna do because I didn't wanna waste the nickel. I said, I'll tell you what, I know him. And you know, he's gonna graduate before you do. And James Bowie's school has a policy that you cannot go to the junior senior banquet unless you're a junior or a senior. You can't take somebody else that's not a junior or a senior. So when you're a senior, I'll be a junior. He'll already be graduated. Can I take you to the junior senior banquet? I asked her that question. She looked at me like I was nutty. Absolutely crazy. But I want you to know, I had a plan. Fourth, I come up with a plan pretty quick. I said, I'm serious. He can't take you. Let me take you. She said, well, you'll have to ask him. He was a big old boy. I said, you hold that thought right there. I took off out of that lunchroom. I ran out to the smoke shack and found him. Back when schools had a smoke shack. <laughs> I went up to him and my goodness, he was a giant. He was a big old boy and he had a bad reputation. And I was a little old boy and I had no reputation. And I didn't want a reputation of getting beat up by big old boys. I said, hey. Are you dating so-and-so? He said, yeah. I said, well, and I explained to him, when she's a senior, I'll be a junior. <laughs> and only junior and seniors can go to junior senior banquet. And she told me she was going to, I just want to know, could I take her? She told me I'd have to ask you. He looked at me like he was going to chew me up, spit me out, and could have a dozen times and probably still could today. He, he, uh, I, I, I don't tell you who it is because most of y'all, many of y'all know him. And if he finds out, you know, he, he still might hurt me. But... <laughs> He, he looked at me like he's going to, you know, could have hurt me. And he said, I don't care. So I worked on it for five years before I got that date with that girl right there. I loved her. I can't explain it. I loved her. You know, when you know what you want, you know, you just, you need a plan. You need a plan. God knew what he wanted. But even God, even God, forgive me, God, let me say it this way and don't tax me for it. Even God's smart enough to know you need a plan. God is so wise, he's so wise to realize that without a plan, he would not accomplish what he wanted. What makes us think we can? Life should be lived on purpose. Marriages are made, you know, harmonious and happy and families are fruitful and productive and problems are solved and, and the world gets to hear the gospel because we have a plan for every purpose deserves a plan. Your life deserves a plan. We need principles in our life before we have problems. We need a plan. In Ephesians, the first chapter, uh, and by the way, we, we've been married over 42 years now. And uh, uh, man, let me tell you something, I still love her. Well, I think I love her more today than I ever have. Uh, in Ephesians, the first chapter, in verse number three, 
We'll begin there as we read, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Wait a second. Are we to believe that God had so blessed us because he had a plan? Yes. You see, God chose us in Christ Jesus before the very foundation of the world. That's what the apostle Paul is writing, the revelation God has given to him by the Holy Spirit. And uh, the, the, the word continues to say that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Let me connect another verse here. You can read the in-betweens, okay? In chapter 3, verse 11, according to his, or according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. You might say, preacher, what are you trying to say? I am simply trying to show you that God has a plan. Before the foundation of the world, he had planned to reach out to mankind. He had planned to provide salvation through Jesus Christ. He had planned to adopt sons and daughters. He had planned for you and me to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had a plan and it didn't just happen. It didn't just unfold. He's not sleepily at the switch. He's not forgetful. God is very purpose-filled. He is very uh, um, matter-of-fact about the next step. In fact, all we have to do is go and look at some of the very first lessons that God teaches us. And we can see from reading in, in Genesis, the first chapter that God had a plan and he followed that plan. If we would look at the, the, the six days of creation, we can realize it, that, that God didn't just make, you know, uh, cows and then make grass. Oh no, he made grass first and then he made cows, you know, isn't that a pretty good deal? Yeah, he made the dry land appear before he uh, you know, created the trees. Isn't that a pretty good deal? I mean, what if he had created trees before he uh, you know, separated the water from the land? What if he had made cows before he made the grass? What would have happened then? They would have starved. I mean, God has a plan. He is so methodical, so purpose-filled. He is absolutely very strategic in his approach to your life, in his approach to the earth. He has already described to us what's going to happen in the future, and he has a plan to fulfill every step of that way. You know, this plan that God has for us should encourage us when we see God so methodically working throughout history, whenever we see that before the foundation of the world, even as, as uh, Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8 tells us and, and uh, that, that, that this lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, God had a plan to crucify his son uh, to slay this lamb before the foundation of the world. That concept of foundation literally means before he had uh, 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 put it all 
altogether before he made his final decisions. He looked across time and he realized in looking across time what it would cost him to do this. And yet he decided he would go ahead knowing that he would have to crucify his son, but he would go ahead for the purpose that he had of wanting to gain a family. You see, the only thing God is working for is family. The only thing that God will have left after all this is said and done, the only thing God will have left for all of his experiences, for all of his work, the only thing God will have left when earth is finished is family. God is only working for relationships. He's only working for family. That's all he's working for. That's all he's getting out of planet earth, relationships. And that's what makes the difference in my life and your life is that we have a relationship with God. You see, it's not what we know that matters most. It's who we know that matters most. Who we know, if who we know gets us into heaven, who we know will work for a lot of other things. And God has a plan for us to come to know his son. God has a plan as well for us to process our life in an orderly fashion. God is such a God of order. He's such a God of purpose. In fact, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 tells us that God already has thoughts for us. He knows the thoughts. He already beforehand knows the thoughts the plans he has for us to bring us good and to an expected end, to give us hope for today and to give us a future. God has a plan for our life. It's only sometimes we don't understand what it is. And sometimes even when God gives us a glimpse of what he has for us, sometimes in a dream, sometimes in a vision, sometimes in an awakening, sometimes in a prophetic word, sometimes when we go to the scripture and, 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 and the word comes off the page and gets into our heart, sometimes the revelation of God, sometimes we just all of a sudden believe that we know what God wants. Well, if there's ever a time in your life that you become aware of what God wants in your life through a dream or a vision, if there's ever a time in your life that you have received a word of prophecy and all of a sudden it said yay and amen in your life, if there ever is a time when that happens, I want you to know that you and God are enough to make that happen. But God is needing you to participate in something. God is not needing you just to live life haphazardly or approach your Christian experience as though it was not purpose-filled or as though as you know, raising children or, 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 or going to work or, or, or coming to church as though it was not filled with purpose. God wants us as well as him to know the next step. There's always something you can do to please God. And sometimes when we know what God wants in our life, sometimes we fall short of it and it doesn't come to pass simply because we don't take the steps to make it happen. God demands that we participate in our miracles. You know, he demands that we participate. Do you remember when the little woman who, who had two sons, if you've ever read this in the book of Kings, there was a woman that had two sons uh, that were about to be sold into slavery uh, to pay off her debt. 
her husband had died and he was a good man, but he left the family in debt and the debtors had come and she was unable to pay the debt and, 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 and so they were going to take her two sons. And uh, she went to the prophet and the prophet said to her, what do you have? And she said, I don't have anything. He said, well, come on now, what do you have? You know, uh, because God's always going to get us to participate. It's always the natural and the supernatural that work together to, to, to bring about the will of God. What do you have? You know, God is willing to bless what you have. God has already given you something. He's given you something, a dream, a vision, a word. He's giving you a hope. He's given you something. He's given you a job. He's given you a position. He's given you an opportunity. He's given you a family. He's given you something to work with. The little woman didn't think much about what she had, but when she realized, she said, well, all I have is just a little bit of oil in a jar. He said, okay, this is what you need to do. You see, because God blesses what we do. He gave her a plan. He gave her a plan to do something. And what he was encouraging her to do was just to give God something to work with. Just go ahead, give God an opportunity to, to do a miracle in your life. And so he said, I want you to go home and I want you to tell your sons to go and borrow vessels. And listen, don't just borrow a few vessels, borrow a lot of empty vessels. And uh, because there's such potential in an empty vessel, by the way, you know, full vessels are at their greatest day. And sometimes uh, people get full and sit around and just, you know, bask in their greatest day. Whenever we would, if, if, if we were willing just to pour ourselves out, God is always willing to fill us up again. And, and so here uh, she went home and, and did what he said. She did exactly what he said. In fact, she sent her sons out and they borrowed vessels. They brought them in. And then the prophet said to her, when, when, when you get those empty vessels into your house, uh, you'll need to shut the door. And uh, because it's a plan, there, there, there are steps to plan. Sometimes plans don't work because we leave a step out. You know, uh, you know, uh, boats won't float if you don't, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, put the bottom in, you know, I mean, uh, uh, things, uh, it's, it's important. You know, we'll see in a moment in Psalms 37, uh, but it's, it's important. So she did what the man of God said. She shut the door and then he said, you pour, she poured. You know, it might not have worked for anybody else. Sometimes things don't work because they won't work for anybody but you. Because it's a plan of God, you and a miracle. You know, uh, miracles are just things that we are doing that God gets involved in. God uh, demands we participate in our miracle. He gives us a plan to have a miracle. And so she did what the man of God said and as she poured, he told her the result, you know, and she poured and poured. And every time uh, they filled up an empty vessel and made it full, they would set it aside and keep pouring. And the miracle only ceased whenever uh, she was no longer able to provide an empty vessel. You know, uh, gosh, can you imagine that, that, that if her sons had seen this and forecasted this and got a plan, they could have started making jars and maybe they could have got enough jars made. In Israel, there would have been widow and son oil company today. It has still been, it would have still been pouring. You see, we are often the ones that stop the miracles because we limit God or we get to a place where we can no longer participate because miracles are most often uh, God and man working together. Even Elijah, whenever he, he, he stopped the heavens by his prayer from raining, God sent him to the brook Cherith. Why? Because there was water in the brook. God fed him with ravens, a miracle, supernatural, but he got water from the brook, a natural 
the natural and supernatural working together is where the miracle was of sustaining him. And when the natural dried up, when the brook dried up, God said, hey, look, we're finished here, buddy. You're going to have to go somewhere else because no more natural, no more supernatural. You know, it's you and me working together, buddy. That's the way life is. That's the way miracles are. It's us following the plan of God, us realizing that God has a plan and we need to step in the God-ordered steps. Well, you know, God is a marvelous God of order, a God of miracles, but also a God that works with us as we provide him something to work with. And even when God sent Elijah in that day, if you were to read the story in, in 1 Kings, uh, you can find that God sends Elijah up to Zarephath to see a widow woman. Uh, and uh, reason being is because she had something that God could use to make a miracle out of. She said, all I have, you know, is a little oil and a little flour. He said, okay, good, God will use that. God always wants to use something we have. Do you know when Jesus was looking around, uh, if, if, if you can read about it in the Gospels, he was looking around uh, for, uh, for something to, to work with so that he could feed the 5,000 on that little hill that belonged to the town of Bethsaida. And as he was looking around and his disciples were looking, they found a little boy that was willing to let God use, willing to let Jesus have his, his few fish and loaves that he brought for lunch. Isn't that amazing? You know, some people say, well, the, well, the fish and the bread were bigger in those days. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, but wouldn't it be a miracle? The, the, the greater miracle would be that little boy could have drug it all over the countryside. You know, uh, there were perhaps 15,000 people there that day on that little hillside on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And, and Jesus took the fish and loaves. Now, you can imagine 5,000 men besides the women and children. And the Bible says that Jesus told the disciples to set them down in rows of 50. Isn't that amazing? See, he's got order. He's got a plan. Set them down in rows of 50. Now, uh, I submit to you that Jesus did not, there was not time in the day and he didn't stop the sun, but there was not time that day for him to go around and break that 15,000 times and hand it out and make sure it happened and everything that, that, that you know, and go down each row. Here's what reasonably happened. He, he, he took the loaves, he, he, he blessed them and he broke them and he gave them to the disciples and the disciples to the people is what the word says. And so as he broke them and gave them to the disciples, it would be like Jesus being here and breaking off a piece of bread and fish and giving it to me and me going down there and breaking it off and giving it to you and, and you take it and, 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 and bless it you know, and, and, and break it and give it to her and she takes it and blesses it and breaks it and give it to him you know, and it goes down the rows and then, then everybody gets fed in one after, because it was getting close to evening, the Bible says, whenever they even started this process, okay? The day was far spent. It's getting into evening. And so, you know, this is the only way that it could have happened is the multiplied uh, ministries of each individual that touches the miracle. But do you know uh, that, that when miracles come to us, miracles are meant to go farther and they only stop whenever we stop. God has a plan for, for, for his work in our lives, what we will offer to him. He has a plan uh, for, for that to meet multiplied needs. The miracle of the fish and loaves would have stopped on any row if somebody had just taken it and eaten it. You know, on which one of your rows would you want to miss out on the miracle? Where would, which one of you would want to miss out on the miracle that God was doing? I wouldn't want to miss out on a miracle and, you know, of, of provision. But can you imagine if, if, if Peter took the fish from Jesus and said, thanks. 
Can you imagine if he'd have taken it and taken it and broke it and gave it to the first person? They said, thanks. You see, miracles stop. They have to be passed on. And, and, and the way we know that the last person in the line was just as responsible for the miracle is because the last person in the line took it, blessed it, broke it, and put the rest in the basket because they had 12 baskets filled of, 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 of leftovers. Somebody kept the miracle going beyond themselves even though they were last in line. They kept it going. You know, God works with us. God has a plan. God always knows what he's going to do. And when he gives us a glimpse, when he gives us a word, when he tells us something in our life, in my case, I I did not know it was God. Sometimes we don't. But one thing was for certain. I knew I loved that girl. And I knew, I can't tell you how I knew it, okay? But I can tell you for sure I did know it that if there was anything at all that God could do to help me, I was going to marry that girl and she was going to be my wife for the rest of my life. If there was anything that God was willing to do and anything I could do to make it happen. And I had to change a lot along the way because I made her mad several times. I stalked her a little bit. I would go by her house and honk too much. You know, I would, I would, you know, bug her and bother. I mean, I had to, I had to work on myself. I had to work a whole lot before I became, you know, uh, acceptable material. I worked on her for five years until she finally asked me for a date. And she did. She finally asked me for a date. And I took her to that junior senior banquet. But I had to work hard. I had to change me, I had to work with God. But there was something I knew that if, that, 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 that if that's what I wanted, then there had to be a way to get it. There had to be a way. And that's what God knew before the foundation of the world when he looked across time and he saw the failures in your life and my life and he saw us in sin and he saw us bound and on our way to hell, he he. He had to say to himself, there, there is a way. There is a way. And that's what Jesus said. I am the way. I am the way. He is the way. And he's the way for us today. In closing, I want to go to Psalms 37 before I bring conclusion uh, today. In Psalms chapter 37, one of my life scriptures is Psalms 37 and verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. You know, there's something that God wants for you. There's something that he's hungering to bless you with. There's something that God has for you that's right in front of you. There's a blessing that you are yet to receive. There's joy perhaps that you have not yet known. There's peace that you thought you could never afford. There's happiness in front of you. There's fulfillment. There's financial blessing. There's health. There there, there are things that stretch out in front of you. You know, a, a, a settledness, you know, direction for your life. The answer to your greatest need. There's something out in front of you. There is a blessing that God has for you. You know, it, it, 
It could be wrapped up in what God wants to do for your children, your grandchildren. It could be wrapped up in what God wants to do in your community, in your church, at your job, in your business, at your school, uh, with, with your friends, with your parents. There, 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 there's, there's something wonderful, something marvelous, something unimaginable that God has in your future that he wants for you so very much. but it's going to take some steps and it's going to take your participation. I'm sad to say that the will of God is not always done. You see, God is not willing that any should perish, but some will. The will of God is not always accomplished for one reason. Sometimes people won't work with God. But I can promise you that if you will, your greatest day is yet ahead. I've told my wife for a number of years that when I draw my last breath, I hope I am conscious enough and collected enough because there's something I want to scream. <laughs> when I draw my last breath, I want to scream. And, and Jimmy, we almost drew our last breath in Paris, Texas, didn't we? Jimmy had his plane... Uh, uh, up in a, somebody's hay meadow up there because a, a storm forced him to land. And he asked me to take him up there to get that plane. And so I put him in this little plane that we had. It only held two people and it didn't hold two people big as me and him. We had it overloaded. We took off. We figured we'd burn some gas before we got there. Rick, you know how that is. <laughs> and, uh, we got to Paris. We flew around. He said, oh, there it is. It's, it's, it's over there in that man's hay field. I put it in his barn looking for his plane, found it. I said, okay, so I, I turn on final, I get all set up, and we're going to have to slip in here, and slip is a maneuver, and we're going to have to set down and stop quickly because it's not that much room there for us to land. And, and so I'm having to come in real steep, and the way the wind is blowing, I'm having to come in over trees and highline wires, and I'm going to have to stick it, I mean, and just stop, you know. And so, uh, boy, we get all set up, and, I, and so I'm a little high, and I pull off, you know, nose that plane down, and I reach over to pull my carburetor heat, and I'm already slow as I can go and about as low as I can go. And Jimmy's just sitting over there looking around. He's trusting me. <laughs> Not always a good move, Jimmy. <laughs> I reached over. You know, when you fly a lot of different airplanes, not, you, know, you don't always remember exactly which one you're in. And instead of pulling the carburetor heat on, I turned the plane off. <laughs> I pulled the mixture. And it went, bloop, 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 bloop. And we're headed, I mean, nose down into trees low. And we're just, I mean, we're just like, and uh, what else could we do? I, I pushed it back in for a restart. We didn't have time for a restart. But you know what? If I hadn't pushed it back in, we didn't have a chance for a restart. God gave us a miracle. <laughs> just nosed it farther down and the wind propped it on. And I pulled back and we went whoop, up over the highline wires and boom, fell down, stalled and hit the ground and boom, rolled out. And, and uh, Jimmy said, thank you, got out. And I think that's the last time he flew with me. <laughs> I've thought back to that moment several times and some other moments. I fly rotary craft as well. It's a, you know, it's a harrowing experience uh, to, to fly anything, but uh, <clears throat> I thought back to that moment a few times and I realized, you know, 
all God needed was something to work with. I mean, there was no way in the world the plane was going to restart. No way in the world we was going to come out of that. But you give God something to work with, whew, miracles happen. Miracles happen. The steps of a good man are order of the Lord. If you were going to the top of the Empire State Building, they make steps for that. I've climbed them. If you're going down, you can get down in one step, but I promise you, you'll be healthier if you go down the many steps. There are steps to everything. And tonight, God has anointed me to pray for you. Two things tonight are going to happen in your life if you are willing to open up your heart to God. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Number one, God's going to give you a glimpse of something in your future, something perhaps even now you know you need or something you may not even be aware of you need. Something in your life. Something that is wonderful and great. Something that God has yet to bless you with. Something that you have yet to, to experience. Something that you need or something that God just wants to give you. And the second thing is going to happen is if you are willing to work with God, he's going to show you some steps on how to make that happen. Oh, it'll take a miracle. <laughs> it'll take a miracle, okay? God can do miracles. He just needs something to work with, okay? He's, he's always made us, you know, participate in our miracles. He has a plan. He will succeed if he can get us to participate, okay? So tonight, I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, right where you are for this first moment. Just stand and I want you to open up your heart and would you be willing tonight to let my prayer fall upon your open heart fresh? I know some of you perhaps are in need tonight of prayer for healing or some, some you know, direction in life or for relationships. I will pray for every person that needs prayer tonight for everything that you need. But right now, I'm going to ask you if you would to just participate. That's all that the prophet tried to get Naaman the leper to do was just participate. The prophet knew. The prophet knew what God would do. The prophet knew that God could meet that leper's need. He knew that God could heal him. And the prophet even knew that God would heal him. But what the prophet was concerned about and what all of Naaman's friends were concerned about is that Naaman would not participate. The prophet said to Naaman the leper, you go and dip in the river Jordan seven times and God will heal you. <laughs> well, Naaman just flat didn't believe it. But even after he you know, got to wondering, well, I wonder if it could be true. He still didn't want to go dip in the river. I mean, finally his friend said, my goodness, Naaman, what's wrong with you? If he'd asked you to do something hard, you would have done it. I mean, just because it's easy, you're not going to try it. And when Naaman dipped one, two, three, four, five, six times, still nothing happened. On that seventh time, he came up completely whole. What a good story. You see, God, he wasn't trying to humiliate Naaman. He was just trying to get Naaman to the place where Naaman was willing to participate with what God wanted to do in his life. God needs our participation. Tonight, he needs yours. So tonight, if you would like for God to give you a glimpse of something, to revisit you, to just re, reinvigorate you, re Retouch your life. 
maybe a vision, a dream, maybe a prophetic word, maybe something comes alive off, off, off the pages, maybe, maybe it's just a revelation that you get, oh my goodness, you know, something greater than your imagination that God wants to do in your life, that God wants to do in your family, that God wants to do in your community, in your church. If you would like to have that vision, that dream, that word, that revelation, and if you're willing to say to God, Lord God, you show me what you have for me, Lord, and I'll do what's necessary. You know, I had to change a lot. I, I had to do a whole lot of things to get God, to get to the place where even God could do that miracle, okay? But God can do it in your life if you'll give him your life. If that's you and you're willing to do that, I'd just like you to come down here, just, just like Naaman to the River Jordan. That's why preachers ask people to come forward. It's your sign of, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll participate. I'm going to participate, okay? Come on right here. I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird or, or you know, uncomfortable. You know, don't, I, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. All I want to do is pray for you. That's all. I just want you to come down here because I believe there's something special when somebody says, yes, God, yeah, Lord, uh, what, do you, what do you have for me, God? You know, <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, because uh, and God will also, if you're willing, God will give you steps to take, you know? It might be a deficit in your life, or it might, might, might be a dream revisited. You might say, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm so old now, my goodness, I don't really want God to give me anything else to do. That's what Abraham thought. Abraham was on his deathbed, and he said to his servant, listen, I'm old, and I'm going to die. You know, would you go, you know, up to Haran and, and, and find a wife for my son? And, you know, I'm, I, I can't do it. And, and, and so he made the man put his hand under his thigh because Abraham was laying in his deathbed. So sure enough, the man did it and he went up and he found Rebecca and he brought Rebecca back and, and Rebecca and Isaac got married. <laughs> yeah. And Abraham figured, you know, well, I have finished my race now. I can die. Nope. When you finish one race, God might have another one for you. Abraham got remarried and had 10 more kids. <laughs> You're never too old for God to do a miracle in your life. <laughs> ah, glory to God hallelujah open your hearts father Lord I pray a visitation Lord upon your people God I pray a visitation of the Holy Spirit God a glimpse that you would give them, Lord, of blessings, God, that they have not yet, Lord, even dreamt of, Lord, of opportunity in life, Lord, of, of, of witty inventions, Lord, God, of businesses, Lord, God, of, of, of birthing, Lord, of, of new adventures, God, Lord, of ministries, Lord, of outreaches, God, Lord, things, Lord, that they can do to, to, to recover relationships, God, Lord, what you want in their life, Father, Lord, what you have for them that they have not yet experienced, Lord, peace, Lord. Lord, or joy, Lord, direction, wisdom, God, whatever it is, God, Lord, I release, Father, Lord, a baptism, God, Lord, of your revelation to these that are here, God, Lord, I pray a blanket of your anointing, God, would be upon them, God, and Lord, I pray even as Job declared, Lord, God, that, that in a vision of the night, Lord, while they sleep upon their bed, in their slumberings, Lord, God, you will open up their ears and you will seal their instructions, Almighty oh, God. Lord, give them your plan, God, for their lives. 
And then, Lord, give them step-by-step instructions, God. For the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, God. And you delight in his way, Lord. And God, you will open up their ears, Lord, and give them the next thing they can do. And God, as they participate, God, perform miracle after miracle, restore relationships, God. Heal sicknesses and diseases, God. Lord, give new adventures, God. Lord, make wealthy, God. Open up financial uh, treasuries, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let money pour in, God. Lord, let resources, God, be abundant, Father, for the gifts, Lord, you have given them, Lord, that you will give to them, Lord. You can give through them to reach a world that's lost and hurting. God, I pray, sir, Lord, that you would just pour into them, Lord, your good will for their life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Show them the very next step, step by step. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. Now that's going to happen to you. It's going to happen. Catch it when it happens. And put a smile on your face because God's not finished with you yet. Okay? Amen? Amen, amen. God bless you. You can return to your seats if you like. If there's any of you out here tonight that you have never been born again, if you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, then you make sure you come and see me or see one of our, our, our prayer people here, uh, Pastor Mike. Jesus wants to save your soul, and he'll do it tonight. And if you need prayer for anything else, if there's sickness in your body, if there's a relationship need that you have, if there's wisdom or guidance, direction in your life, I'll be happy to pray with you. And we'll have others here that will pray for you tonight. We believe that God hears our prayers and we believe God answers them. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Mike. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're just going to go back into worship a little bit. We'll have some altar team here and Pastor Ron will stick around. If you'd like to bless Ron just uh, and sow into the ministry and just bless him, we'll have ushers at the back. We'll have a Bible here on the front if you want to give toward that. But otherwise, again, we'll just worship a little bit. Go back to the Connect Cafe when we're done. Have a meal back there. Have some fellowship. Tell some people invite him, uh, about it. Invite him uh, for tomorrow morning in the next service. Amen. Father, we just love you and thank you that there's a plan, Lord. Now help us to tell other people. Lord, about that plan you have for them, about that relationship you want with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Altars are open. God bless you. Jesus, so sweet.